passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. In this segment, Crawley interviews John Becker of Fangraphs to discuss the contract that Bellinger signed, what effect Bellinger signing will have on the Cubs' competitive balance tax, and what happens if Cody opts out and what this means for the rest of the Boris Four. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, I had to get John Becker of Fangraphs on here to help us make heads and tails of this Cody Bellinger contract. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm glad that uh, Scott Boris finally uh, got one of his clients to sign, and, and we've got a real big transaction to talk about for the first time in a while. Yeah, you and I were talking earlier, and it was just one of those things where, you know, you wake up in the morning, you, you look at your phone, and then you have to kind of do a double take. It was Jeff Passan first thing in the morning, and, you know, three years, $80 million, opt out after each of the first two years of the deal. And so when you look at that, you're saying to yourself, wow, you know, because from all reports, Scott Boris was looking for six years, $200 million, I mean, that that's kind of just surprising, and it looks like Jed played it right. Yeah, you know, I think that it was pretty clear, honestly, as soon as Kevin Kiermeyer, I think, re-signed with the Blue Jays, and um, I think that was actually maybe a little after John Cooley signed with the Giants. It's, well, you know, either you're going to sign Bellinger to play first base, which gets rid of a lot of his value, or it's going to be the Cubs, and I think – Hoyer knew that I, I, you know, a lot of fans knew that it's not hard to look around at depth charts and see who's got room and money for him. And, you know, Boris just ultimately, I think lost the staring contest um, in the end. And and Hoyer looks like he did the right thing and, and just waiting it out, not um, caving, so to speak. Well, let me ask you a question here. Do you think this was more because, you know, people hate Scott Boris and whatever, but it, it, it's, Remember that the agent works for the player, not the other way around. Do you think that this was maybe Cody Bellinger saying, look, Scott, I want to get something done, see what the Cubs' best offer they can give me and go that route? Yeah, I think it it, it absolutely could have been. There's obviously familiarity there. There's comfort there. The only other team he's played for is the Dodgers, who weren't going to sign him. Um, so that becomes a question of, you know, what does he want to prioritize? And without knowing what other offers he had during the course of the offseason, it's entirely possible that he said, look, it's late February. I'm done holding out for whether it's, you know, six years at a lower AAV, whether it's a similar structure, but four years. Um, it's possible he could have said, you know, look, it's late February. I need my time to ramp up. I want to be around the guys. I want to be around Dustin Kelly and the other coaches. Let's just wrap it up. Um, 
very, very possible that that's what transpired. So the Cubs get what they want, which is short term. And it's obviously $30 million a year is nothing to sneeze at. The Cubs have never had a player make $30 million in a single season. So he he is the first Cub to do that. And, and you know, it, you know, it gives him incentive that, okay, you know, have another good year and prove it. Because I think that's what, you know, some fans were concerned about is, you know, after being one of the worst offensive players the last two years, he comes back next year but you're going to give a guy six years based on that one year of of good production right you know if he was 2019 cody bellinger um or rookie year cody bellinger um i i think he probably does get that 200 million dollar plus contract because the batted ball metrics look great he's hitting 40 home runs um you know he's really the bellinger of old this was still a very good Cody Bellinger, but a very new version of a very good Cody Bellinger. And I can understand how teams might want to see, you know, look, he only played 130 games last year. Let's see if he can do it for another 150. And I think then maybe we might get a little bit more of a feeding frenzy next year, especially if, you know, more teams finances just line up the right way. Now, with Pisani, he puts these details out here, but I think it's a little bit more complex than this, John, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on there. According to Jeff, the Cubs are going to pay him $30 million this season, 30 in 2025 if he doesn't opt out after year one, and then 20 in 2026 if he doesn't opt out after year two. But it's not a straight-up $30 million, correct, for this year? Right. So the way that the luxury tax is calculated, it's on average annual value and opt out years are included. So as far as the luxury tax is concerned, it's a three year, $80 million contract. So it counts as 26.67 million each year. Um, Where it gets weird is if he opts out, because if he opts out after year one or year two, the AAV that he actually played for was 30 million. So that's what the Cubs should have been charged, quote unquote, um, and they then have to pay that in a later year. Um, so if he opts out, just for simplicity, if he opts out of just the last year, so let's say he's a Cub for two more years, he opts out. Um, the AV that he actually played for, two years, $60 million, is $30 million. They have that deficit of um, $3.33 million that gets put on their luxury tax bill for 2026. They don't physically have to pay the cash, but it's the league saying, okay, you should have paid this much in luxury tax, but we can't reopen the books from two years ago. So we'll just charge you that um, on 2026. Now the luxury tax line is going to be um, at least $6 million higher um, in 2026. I think 2026 is the last year of the current CBA, so it will be $6 million higher. So, you know, if the Cubs have to pay that extra $3 million and change, they'll be fine with it. That obviously doesn't change their calculus. Um, I don't think that's going to let them stop themselves from going out and getting a big free agent. It's just a little quirk of the rules. Um, but that said, as the deal is right now, they're about $4 million under that first luxury tax line. If... Tom Ricketts, and it sounds like he sort of does, he hasn't said so explicitly, views that as a hard line not to cross, or at least not to cross in the offseason. Maybe they'll evaluate where they are at the deadline. They're done for the offseason. I think that's the reality of it. I think that 
people are probably going to be pretty happy with Bellinger and Managa and Neris, but it sounds like based on how Tom Ricketts has been talking throughout the course of this offseason, they're done and they will probably reevaluate um, at the trade deadline. I don't think Tom Ricketts is going to go to Jed Hoyer and say, hey, you can't do anything. You know, you, let's say they're in first place by two games. He's not going to say you just got to ride with what you got. But I think right now it, it makes sense that they're just done. They like who they have. Bellinger brings important continuity. They're not going to upset the apple cart by signing somebody else, I don't think. So even if Cody Bellinger opts out after year one, which would then make it a $30 million, you know, AAV for yeah. this year, would they still be under the uh, payroll tax as far as the Yes. CBT? So that the, the future charges basically of like equalizing of like the should have been versus what the actual AAV was would only get applied to 2025 and 2026. So for 2024, they don't have to keep that extra $3 million in mind. Um, there's no scenario in which that gets charged to 2024. It only gets charged to the years that he would opt out of. So, you know, again, would surprise me, but if Tom Ricketts says you are not to cross the first luxury tax line under any circumstance, they've got $4 million-ish to play with, not virtually zero because they would have to account for the chance that Bowen drops out. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So they have four million to play with. They're four million under that two hundred and thirty-seven dollar tax threshold for the first penalty, right? Um, and that's of course assuming you know maybe Bellinger's back and they decide okay we're going to give Morel a shot at third. Bush is locked in at first. They trade you know Madrigal or Wisdom, let's say. So of course there's more flexibility that can be done, um, but I think that it would shock me if they added another major league player. Um, as the offseason draws to a close. Okay. And so th that, that makes a, some more sense for me because when you talk about the, what it's really worth, et cetera, it, it kind of gets a little bit confusing. So the Cubs have $4 million to play with. And again, it, it, you know, you can go over that first luxury tax hold and threshold and, you know, the penalties aren't absolutely horrendous. Um, as I kind of take a look at this, the question then is what's going to happen. Do you think for the rest of the Boris four, is that going to be one of those situations where, okay, so the damn broke are these other three guys you're talking about, you know, Snell and you're talking about um, Chapman and, and uh, Jordan Montgomery. Do you see any of those three guys kind of going up to Scott Boris and saying, Hey, look, you know, this is uh, you know, we're, we're getting nervous. Uh, you know, this guy's already left. Do you see, do you see more of these guys kind of falling? Is he the first domino? Yeah, I think, you know, as much as I 
don't like to say, okay, because Cody Bellinger did this and we won't know the, you know, exact circumstances of if he went to Boris and said, look, just get it done. The season starts in a little over a month. Um, if these guys don't want to hold out until after the draft, which I doubt they do, um, especially the two pitchers have to get signed sooner than later. So I really sort of adjusted what I'm thinking um, as of this morning. And I, I really think just based on how little we've heard, it wouldn't surprise me if Chapman has to take one year. It wouldn't surprise me if Montgomery has to do a similar three or four year deal with opt-outs like Bellinger. And it wouldn't surprise me if Snell maybe does something like um, probably a little bit less on the average annual, but similar to the Scherzer and Verlander contracts of the really high average annual short term. Um, and I'm sure Snell would get opt-outs in there. Um, the issue is that, you know, the other two guys, the other three guys are all older than Bellinger. Bellinger can re-enter free agency at 28. Um, Snell, Montgomery, Chapman, I believe, will all be in their age 31 seasons uh, this year. They're not getting any younger. So, you know, and especially for Snell and Montgomery, it's tough to see them having a much better platform year. So are they just sort of delaying the inevitable of having another tough market if they were to opt out? or just sign a one year, um, you know, it, that's where it's tough is do they, do they prioritize that? I'll just take the biggest guarantee I can get over five or six years, even if it's not what I was expecting, just because, well, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not going to have much better of a platform year. And, you know, that's just sort of the breaks sometimes with free agency, unfortunately, is that things just don't line up timing wise. Um, the way that that people wanted it to we saw it with harper and machado um getting you know waiting until march and getting a lot less than people thought that they would all right well my question then here because if, if those guys are going to sign one-year deals and we said the competitive tax is 237 for the for the first tier how much more is it for the second tier so for the second tier um it's another 20 million so it'd be up to 257 um, the Cubs would be a first time payer as in they didn't pay it last year. So they, they reset, um, you know, if, if they were to go for one year, then I believe the first line is for first time, it's 10% on the dollar, then 30% on the dollar, then 50, then 70. Um, so, you know, let's just say that they can squeeze style Montgomery or Chapman, you know, let's just say it's not the Cubs. It can be any team for, you know, $35 million for one year. Well, that first $20 million got taxed at 10%. So you're adding 2 million right there. And that last $10 million gets taxed at 30%. Or, so you're adding another um, $3 million. So, you know, I've seen a talk about, oh, why don't the Yankees jump back in on snow um, while they're at the top tax line? And they were over the luxury tax last year. So I believe it's at least, it might be over 100% at this point. So it almost incentivizes doing the sort of, um, you know, Xander Bogarts type two last year, um, or really all of the big shortstops last year of take a longer term than expected to lower the average annual to, you know, lower that tax hit that teams have to take. But on the flip side of things, teams don't seem to want to, give out those hugely long contracts this off season. I think, especially when you consider just 
the flaws that Snell and Montgomery and Chapman have. You know, these are not generational players. These are very good players, but it is not hard to see them really falling off after three or four years. I guess the thing that I'm looking at, especially when you talk about those pillow deals, is that the Cubs have a bunch of dead money on the books when you talk about uh, Trey Mancini, Eric Hosmer, uh, Tucker Barnhart. I want to say there's someone else I'm missing that, you know, it's, it's, it's about 15, 17 million dollars. It's just kind of going to guys that aren't on the team anymore, but that money will be off the book next year. You know, I, I, it's just kind of something I'm kind of keeping in mind now that, that, you know, wondering if Montgomery or Snell or someone wants to sit there and say, okay, we're, you know, you got that one year pillow contract. It's not ideal, but, but could the Cubs potentially jump in on one of these guys knowing that, okay, we're going to be, you know, I think Kyle Hendricks's numbers are, are, are dollars are off the books. It's another 16. You're starting to add up like $30 million off the books for next season. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we heard enough about the Cubs interest in Juan Soto and, and Pete Alonso and trade this off season where you have to imagine they'll be going pretty hard for both of them next off season. So I think if they can make another move that, makes 2024 better without affecting anything about the books in 2025. I think they'd have to at least consider that now, whether they want to, you know, sort of renege on the, Oh, we want Chris Morrell to focus on third, but now we're going to bring in Matt Chapman or we have a fifth starter competition, but now we're going to bring in Montgomery or Snell, you know, they have to be careful about those mixed messages, but financially, if they're fine going over the luxury tax, I think that that would be something at least worth considering, especially considering that I think their 2025 payroll right now, without arbitration or anything, just guaranteed contracts, we have them at 144.5 million um, for 2025. The first luxury tax line is going to be 240 million, I believe. That's a lot of room. I don't think they want to do anything to add to that, knowing that Soto and Alonzo are free agents, but they might view 2024 as that big year of let's try to win a division and be really good, and we can sell ourselves better to these free agents next offseason. Well, John, I, I really appreciate you jumping on a last-minute notice. You, you've given me a lot to think about, and I think for Cub fans, you know, this is a very nice surprise, and and – you know, it was kind of Jed was talking about, hey, you know, we're in the ninth inning here. The warm setup man's up here, and all of a sudden this move happens. And now, you know, what else does Jed have up his sleeve? You know, so who knows? But I appreciate you kind of explaining the dollars and cents to our listeners. Where can they find your work uh, online, and where are you at on the socials? So they can find me on Fangraphs at the any of the payroll pages. I try to update those freakishly quickly after anything happens, um, and. If you want to talk baseball with me, you can find me on Twitter at John Becker underscore. John, appreciate you jumping on and uh, thank you so much again for your time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports 
Center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.